0: Testing, 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 one, two, three, testing, testing, testing. Oh, wait, we're live. This is episode 123, one, two, three of the Daily Degenerate Podcast. How's it going? I am your host, Cohen Hughes. I am uh, joined in the Daily Degenerate Studio by none other than our regular Thomas Penland from TP3. We're live via Skype right now, both in Atlanta. Thomas Penland, how the hell's it going?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Cohen. I appreciate you having me on once again. This podcast will be posted up to both of our uh, to both of our feeds, so give us both a little love. Uh, follow me on Twitter at tp3wins on Instagram at tp3bets. Um, but I'm excited, you know. It's one of probably our last second to last big football weekend, you know. So last weekend we can really talk about the games and look ahead. And I'm pretty sure almost every time, Cohen, that me and you do a podcast together pick that i like one side you like the other side somehow you beat me every time yep. for this nfl season mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know what it is
0: yeah uh for those of you who guys do not know um i actually won our daily degenerate pick'em. we picked every single game in the nfl season it's still going on technically but the regular season um i was in first place with about 55 percent is what i picked at this year so you know glad to see it um there was there – Jeremy and Penland would have done way better if they would have sent me their picks in Week 15. But, you know, say la vie, it is what it is. Um, Brad, I think, came in second place with about 52%. Or no, it's probably higher than 52%. probably 53 54 because he was only three, four, five games off of me. So um, it was a good year for the picks, um, but it sucks having to sit down early in the week and take the opening line and pick games that are going on this weekend when you don't know if fucking Matt Ryan's going to play or you don't know if you know Juju Smith-Schuster is what his workload is going to be. So props to the boys for sticking with me for um, all 19-plus weeks now um, that I've been asking for the picks. I wanted to do preseason, but they were like, dude, calm the fuck down. So we weren't going to do that. Um, Thomas, we have a very, very, very busy episode today. Uh, I guess first, let's talk about the college football championship.
1: Let's do it. Um, you know, I thought it was a great game, honestly. I mean, I picked Clemson, unfortunately, and lost. But I will just say this, you know, it game was everything I thought it would be and more, honestly. It was one of the better games that I've watched as just a football fan in general. You know, it's it was fun just, you know, watching Clemson they got up big at the beginning of the game, and I thought that for sure that Clemson was going to train wreck them. But no, you saw LSU. I mean, that was like the first time really LSU had trailed all season long, and you saw them come back. And in mean, their defense, Patrick Queen made a name for himself coming off the edge. I mean, they LSU straight up dominated the game probably after about the first like 10 to 12 minutes or so. I was sitting there watching it. At first, I was like, wow, Clemson, that was a lock. Then about 10 minutes later, I was like, wow, LSU is LSU's about to train wreck them.
0: Yeah, uh, final score ended up being 42-25. to It was a little bit closer of a game than the score indicated, but uh, on both lines of scrimmage in terms of the turnover battle and the nitty-gritty of football, LSU dominated this game. I did not expect their defense to come out and play that high. Like you said, uh, my man Queen went from the third round to the first round in in, in this draft probably because of that. Um, I liked um, how high scoring this national championship was. It was good. Um, the over actually just barely did not hit. I think the over, what was it at? What
1: did you have it at?
0: I had I think uh, I had 69 and a half, I, I, th- I think is what, what I was reading I had at 67. game time.
1: I had 67, so, so you I pushed. pushed.
0: So you pushed.
1: Yeah, the same thing happened the last two years. The over-under got steamed down because I mean last year I remember it got steamed down so if you had it at like 62 you would have hit the under but we had it I had it at 60 which I think it was over or I had it All right, I think it hit 60 and I had it I don't remember but basically I won it because it had been steamed down kind of like what happened this year It just kept Here, getting wait, let me, it opened I'll, at like I'll seven tell you, and you a what it,
0: I'll tell you what it opened at right right quick let me let me get up in the Daily Degenerate Studios and um, grab the old binder and I'll tell us
1: yeah, no, it was – it, but honestly, looking – just watching this game in general, you know, Joe Burrow operated probably one of the best offenses I've ever seen, and all the credit in the world needs to go to Joe Brady, you know. For year after year after year, we see LSU put arguably, you know, the best players in the league into the NFL – and you're just like, how is this never translated to what happens on the field? Little happens, LSU hires Joe Brady away from the Saints as his offensive coordinator and solves the problem of the LSU passing game. It turns Joe Burrow into possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen play college football or have one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. I don't want to say greatest quarterbacks, one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen for a quarterback in college football.
0: <clears throat> yeah, uh, Matt Rule actually kind of wins on this one because um, he, he hired Joe Brady to go to Carolina with him.
1: Yeah, I was a genius. I mean, I've been saying since. So I listened to a couple things and they, before the season started, and they were like, watch out for this Joe Brady hiring at LCL. I was like, all right, I'll keep my eye on it. After I watched the Texas game, I was like, all right, I would pay Joe Brady any amount of money to be my offensive coordinator. I mean, he'll be gone out of Carolina in a year or two, though, and he'll be a head coach. I mean, yep. I'd say he's the fast on the fast track to be the next great – You know, he's the next McVay, he's the next mm-hmm. Shanahan. He's that kind of coaching prospect. I mean, these, the fact he was able to, to – Figure out the mystery of the LSU passing game to me is unbelievable. I mean, this has been a mystery probably for 20-plus years. I mean, we've seen LSU put all these guys in the league. Never once, though, have they had the dynamic passing offense like they did with Joe Brady back there. So, I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy to me. I mean, I think this guy deserves a little more credit than he's been getting. But LSU, you know, this offense is absolutely – Dak, you got Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase could have had 300 yards and three TVs in this game if he caught a couple more passes. Clyde Edwards, Solaire, Justin Jefferson. Honestly, I think the biggest playmaker in this game, though – was Burrow just because like Clemson would drop all those players back on third and nine, you know, and not pressure him and he'd pull it down and run twenty yards for a first down, or yep. They would not put any pressure on him and he would just sit back there in the pocket, keep the play alive, and find Jamar Chase for a fifty yard gain, you know, and be first down again and just backbreaker after backbreaker after backbreaker for Clemson, you know? And I do give Clemson a lot of credit though, you know, they came out there and punched LSU in the mouth like they hadn't been all season long.
0: Yeah, um, it was at the end of the first quarter, I think Clemson still had the lead. And, um, that I was mean,
1: tied at the end of the first. Tied, tied at the tied. end of the first. So yeah. give or
0: take about, I guess, three or four minutes. They were, I mean, they really looked good. Lawrence was, was in stride, you know, like um, Etienne was looking good. And then you got that spark on special teams and then just – almost ran away with the game it was still a good game you know like you wanted to see if Clemson could battle back they got it within um like 10 at, at one point late so like you were I mean like it, it, it was a really good game but um next question is this LSU team the um the the best college football team of all time
1: Ooh, that's a tough one I would have to say no. I still think the USC teams that three is the be- no, that almost three peated if it went for Vince Young is probably yep. the best team of all time. But I mean, there's some of those Alabama teams too that's been up there pretty high. But Miami. based off based off one season, I mean, I would definitely say it's close. It's hard to say who the best team of all time is, but I think this LSU team is one of 2013 we train wrecked every single team we did barely beat Auburn but pretty much every single player from that team plays and played in the NFL for at least a season or two
0: and that was the same story with this year's LSU Tigers you know like barely mm-hmm. beat Auburn and Florida by three and five and then you know just train wrecked everybody else got better as actually went on
1: I think they ended up I think Florida actually ended up winning by 14 on the number because I remember I had a minus 14 and I think I pushed that
0: really I who? Uh, there was one more close game with LSU this year. Oh, Bama! What the fuck am I thinking? It was uh, five points there yeah. at the end, um, and then three to Auburn. But I would, I would be. But willing
1: to- Auburn. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But Auburn game is kind of one of those. You know, it's closer on the box score by the score yeah, than it actually yeah. was. LSU missed like a field goal. They have like two red zone turnovers, I remember. And Auburn basically pulled like a garbage time touchdown out of their rear end. And their other touchdown, Bo Nix, literally was running out of bounds and threw it up for like a 60 yard reception, I remember. So, like, literally, it basically, they dominated them. And it's just kind of like one of those unlucky games.
0: Yeah. Um, I would be willing to say that maybe this is the best, like, the most dominant college football season of all time. Because there were there were some of those great teams that like ran into trouble, and you know, it, like you said, like Vince Young, you know, could break them up. But in a down kind of last two or so years of college football, I think that this has been maybe one of the most dominant college football seasons of all time. Like Alabama, even had had, had an ugly cover in that game, or they didn't even cover. It was just an ugly backdoor in that game where they finally, you know, just kind of scored winning a 40-10 to 10 run, you know, just because of garbage time and stuff. So I, I, I would be willing to say that, that that was probably one of the most dominant seasons, but not, you know, best teams.
1: Yeah, I just don't know if I can put them as the best team. I mean, that's a really tough question, but I agree with you. It was definitely up there as one of the most dominant seasons.
0: Um, last thing we're going to talk about before we shift to pros, um, what the fuck was, is going on with Odell Beckham getting drunk as fuck on the, on the sideline and going to the locker room? Slapping some ass with a fucking Louisiana State Trooper, put a warrant out for his arrest. I and mean, we know that nothing's going to happen because of it. But man was handing out hundred dollar bills. That there's a rumor going on that they're fake. He just wanted to, you know, flex for the cameras. Like, what the hell's going on with that? I...
1: First off, I think the money's definitely real, and, and that would be major violations according to the NCAA if the, he was actually handing out money. So I think that's more so just them trying to cover their own asses, but. Honestly, I thought Clay Travis said it best. He re- he posted that video of him with the Martha the speakerphone trying to yell at him to play neck, and the, when he was in the crowd, when he took like the band leader's megaphone, yeah. and he was like, "Is El- Odell Beckham Jr. never drunk alcohol before?" And honestly, I just think Odell's a lightweight, straight up. Either that, or he was on whatever drugs Antonio Brown's on. One of the two. God
0: Almighty, I haven't even looked at the Antonio Brown situation, and God Almighty, I just don't want to like. I saw, like, a clip of a live video that there were some cops at his house or something. Mm -hmm. Like, what what, what I'm told him to get help, and then fired fired Drew Rosenhaus. I'm surprised Rosenhaus hadn't left him already. Um, God almighty. I don't even know, like, what to say. I don't even know if it's a publicity stunt or just legitimate at this point.
1: Yeah, it's... Ab's lost his mind, it's a damn shame too. I like Ab, so yeah, it hurts me too. Me to see him like that,
0: but um, wrap it up in college. We'll wait to see what happens with LSU, OBJ, and everything. We'll do some more, you know, kind of introspective looks into college football for the next year and and after the Super Bowl, and you know, in due time because we got nothing but time, dude. Like, it's just now, now we're just waiting for football. mm Hmm. Like, the the, the, the the next Sunday after, like, a Falcons, like, season is over, it's just, like, even, like, you know, like, even, like, when we're good. You know, like, yeah, we had a good end of the season, but, like, it's just, like, doom and gloom after that. It's just, like, eh, there's not another Falcons game on for fucking a whole nother, you know, 50 weeks. Yep. But we do what we do. We find other sports. We get, we get our attention to other things. Shifting to some uh, pretty big news. Um, the Astros. Finally got caught cheating. Um, Some casualties include A.J. Hinch, the head coach. He was not only fired by the team, but before that he was suspended a year along with uh, Jeff Lundnow, one of the executives in the top office. I don't know who he is, sorry to say. Uh, They both got suspended for 2020 and fired in that order. And the Astros have to pay a $5 million fine. Um, They lose four draft picks in the next two years. And Carlos Beltran. From the Mets, the manager of the Mets, has um, stepped down. Subsequently, from these moves, so you know that they have to have some dirt on him. The investigation reached him. Um, Alex Cora, I think he mutually agreed to step away from the Red Sox. Um, Pinland, give me your take on this because it, it's it's a big you know shit soup. You know, like it's like all this just a big nasty stain and it's a big hodgepodge of weird punishments on here, weird punishments on there, but give me your take on like what, what actually the MLB has handed down in terms of punishment. So
1: I think they punished them pretty correctly, honestly. I don't really have any problems with, any, with it, it, the way they handled everything because they most definitely did cheat. I mean, it was so blatantly obvious. I don't know if y'all saw the videos with them banging and stuff. I don't know if y'all saw, like, in the documentary where you could clearly see the guy who was on the computer there that was making him hit the drum and everything. Like it was so obvious, but, and, oh, and also the players here I've got right here on my Twitter. Let me pull it up. Um, as I'll keep talking while I pull this up, but the Astros, I mean, the thing that that I don't like the most is apparently yesterday it came out that Bregman and Springer could have possibly worn wires that would buzz them for pitch for certain pitches and so i like could buzz them once for a fastball twice for, for a slider yeah yeah yeah
0: hell yeah yeah
1: yeah if they if that's actually true i 150 percent think that these two players should be banned from baseball and that yep. they should be stripped of their mvps but altuve so in the 2017 playoffs they hit 472 at home 143 away correa hit 317 at home 211 away but here's the biggest one. McCann was 300 at home and hit .37 away. Yeah,
0: I was, about, I was about to say like .086 as a joke, but I didn't realize that my joke was actually higher than the actual batting average. It's It sucks that we have to talk about shit like this because I don't want to say that I don't really care because I, I, I care about the integrity of baseball. I care about people cheating this. It just seems maybe I'm jaded to cheating in baseball now that you know they still won't let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Um, I kind of agree with you. I, I, I think that if, if this is like a full-scale cheating incident, which I, in, my, if my, in my personal opinion, yeah, it is, um, if, if it escalates to that, um, I wouldn't mind seeing them banned from baseball. I was thinking more along the lines of like a two-, three-year suspension from baseball, kind of like really embarrass them. Because my thing is this, and this is all, you know, kind of rules in baseball, football, pro college, everything. If you're going to drop the hammer, drop the hammer. Like, do it the right way. Like, go, let's go year suspensions or banishments from baseball. They drop the hammer on the Braves for paying too much money for international players. Whoopty fucking do. You know, like, mm-hmm. they, they banned our GM for that. But you're going to hand out these little, uh year suspensions for the coaches, and then maybe the players will get embarrassed and not do it again. Like, it's kind of fucked up. Like, if you're going to drop the hammer, drop the hammer. Like, these, these guys are actually cheating during the game. So, I wouldn't mind seeing them banned. It's no skin off my back. I mean, if you're going to cheat, you shouldn't be allowed to play the game. You know, like, in its purest, simplest form. I know it's more complex than that, but... I would be mad if I was the Dodgers. If I was, if I was one of those teams that got cheated two times.
1: Yeah, I don't have the exact number on what Kershaw's ERA was, but his home away splits, like, he was basically against the Astros and, and in Houston, like, it was, it was bad how bad he was getting hit there.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, like, we're not going to get into it. This is probably all we're going to say about it, but it's it, it sucks, yeah. And the reason that I may not sound as upset as I should be, or maybe if I do sound too upset, I'm just trying to, you know, play it up, it's – because it sucks having to talk about shit like this. Like, I wish I could talk about, you know, how dominant the nationals were or something. I wish you could talk about something that actually has merit, but we're talking about guys cheating by mm-hmm. putting cameras in center field and wearing fucking buzzers and wiretaps and bang on trash cans for one pitch. It's it, it sucks. It sucks to have to talk about this and that's probably all we're gonna say about it. In other MLB news, in um, other sadness. Uh, Josh Donaldson has decided to sign a contract with the twins. Um, and he got his four years and then I I had the numbers right here. God damn it, why was I scrolling up? Um,
1: it was four years ninety two million.
0: That a boy. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Um yep. it's I don't blame him for taking the money, but you know, like because he waited so long and because we had so much hope, it it it, it really felt like he was gonna stay.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it kind of pisses me off. First off, why would he rather live in Minnesota than Atlanta? That part made yeah. zero sense to me. Apparently, the same offer was pretty much on the board from all the other teams. I mean, I hate it. I hate seeing it, man. Like, I thought the Braves really needed Donaldson. I thought not we only did. because he was. skill. Still,
0: that, that statement is still true. Like, we needed Donaldson.
1: I just thought he was a great guy for the clubhouse. You know, like, I yeah. thought he just fit so well with this team. So, he seeing did. him do that, shaking my, I'm shaking my head, man. Well,
0: if anybody knows that – Better than me, I'll give him a thousand dollars because I got Gordon Hayward. I've got all kinds of stories like this dude. Like it just living in Atlanta is is like this. Um, If if we want young stars, we have to draft them. So, and um, I think Minnesota came in about five or six million more um, than the rest of the teams. So. I guess if you want to say he's taking the money, he's taking the money. I just didn't think the whole precedent of oh guys like this want to go to the AL because all they want to do is hit and be a DH. I thought Josh still had a few good years left at third base. You know, like I didn't think that that was kind of true. But you know, maybe it is. Um, it sucks because now we're going to have to go out and depend on getting a guy like Ozuna or somebody. Which um, I think is the best guy available. Castilloanos. I'm I'm not a, a fan of it. Maybe you can pull out some analytics from your fucking pee hole that make me feel differently, like all my other friends do. But I just think Ozuna hits for more pop. I I, I think he's a more feisty player. You know, like we need guys like the, like the like the way the Cardinals make him You know, like
1: yeah, but I mean <clears throat> he's very up and down. You know, yeah. like Ozuna. I've I mean he was better, but last year I felt like he just became like a only a just a, he's a feaster fan, famine you know he's either hitting a home true. run or he's striking out
0: hey that's baseball baby you know that's that that's the kind of guys you got to live with in the clubhouse that's why if you can hit for a if you can hit for a career three times out of 10 you're a legend you know like that's just the way it is that's that's show business mm-hmm. baby like i i i think going with a guy with the higher ceiling is the move and i know all the baseball nerds and hey i even consider myself to be a baseball nerd in some aspects but i think Ozuna's the best move. I think he's the only hope we have. Because Donaldson, he brought the pop. You know, like he he actually gave Freddie real protection. Not just getting hits. Not just, you know, driving in runs even. Just a pop to hit, further balls to add more protection for Fred. So, I think, I'm not doom and gloom now. The Braves still have a really good team. But um, if you would have hit the the Vegas under the same day that Donaldson signed, you'd be a very rich man right now. Or in a year from now. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But you know, ah. that's the life of living in Atlanta. The Hawks fans, like you, know it all too well. Um,
1: Although yeah, we haven't really had anybody leave us as a Hawks fans.
0: Yeah, well, you haven't ever had. And pardon my French, but you haven't never had like a like a big enough star to have. To whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. We have one now, baby. Trey Young right. leading leading guard in Atlanta. the All Star vote,
0: and he will stay in Atlanta. I think he is a great dude. You finally got one. It feels good. Um,
1: yeah that's my guy right there
0: the same way that I feel about Donovan Mitchell you know like it's just it it, it feels good to have a guy to battle for you that's why it stung so much with Hayward but um, now that the Hawks finally have one I'm, I'm happy for you I try to hate on the Hawks as much as I can honestly as much as the gods will allow me But um, I can't do that, you know. Nowadays, like, yeah, they suck, but you know, Trey Young's fucking box office. I'll hey, just
1: get Trey some help, man. Just get Trey some help, and he'll be ready to go off. I was listening to ninety two
0: nine the game the other day, and they had on Kendrick Perkins, and he was like, "Hey, Trey Young is box office TV. I'll spend my hard earned money to come watch a losing team to watch Trey Young." So
1: that's how I feel. I love going to the games, man, just to watch Trey play.
0: Feel feels good. I'm glad for y'all, but I do hate the Hawks. Next, we are going to talk about the NFL Divisional Games. Um, it was Divisional weekend last weekend, and usually I-, I like to do an episode a little bit earlier in the week f- to kind of you know, recap them, kind of give you something to listen to. But um, everybody kind of had tight schedules this week. Everybody's catching up after the holidays. So let's start off with the most notable game, I think, of Divisional weekend. Um, the Houston Texans blew a 24-point lead. And it was almost embarrassing. It's like the Chiefs just hit the switch.
1: Yeah, honestly, I blame Bill O'Brien. That had to be the stupidest call I've ever seen what, calling that fake punt. punt.
0: I, hey, I, I kind of like it, dude. Like, once you're up like, you, like for against good teams in football, you have to put your foot on the throat, you know? Like, you have to, like, make sure you win the game. It's, Wait, did you hear me there? or Was I frozen? Nah, you, I, I couldn't hear you. But I think that you have, like, I guess, really good teams. You have to put your foot on the throat, dude. Like, you just got to finish them off. Like, look at the foul. You know, like we know it all too well. Again, sadness in Atlanta. Like, we know it all too well. You, like, if we would have been, you know, had the ball more instead of you know letting them get eighty possessions in the second half. Like, we, you know, you, you try to steal possessions. You try to, you know, you try to win the game. Like, I understand it was unorthodox and. If you're asking me if I would have done it if I was an NFL coach, no, I probably wouldn't. I probably would have punted the ball away. But
1: I respect that. I, I, like I hated that call. I thought it was awful. And the reason why is look, if you want to put your foot on the throat, go for it on that fourth down than when you were down in the Rio red zone the drive before. I, I could
0: agree with that. I could agree with that. 100 percent
1: Yeah, you know, that would have been the time to go for it. But then he just tried to that was just that was so foolish. That literally just gave Kansas City all the momentum, you know, I never really thought Kansas City was out of the game. I was like, wow, I still felt like he was going to have a chance to come back late in the game.
0: Honestly, I, I didn't. Poorly coached. Shame, shame on me, but I didn't think they had a shot. In the way. I was like, God damn, the Chiefs are finally, you know, they're living up to the Andy Reid playoff name. You know, again, you know, I was just like, damn, Houston is putting it on them.
1: Yeah, you know, also, too, the way I feel about Kansas City is, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best player I've ever seen touch a football. He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, that dude is ready to make the next great – I mean, I think he's going to be the greatest Wilson player to play now. when it's all. Awesome. Oh. He does, but Russell Wilson, all due respect to Russell Wilson because he's damn good, but he's not Patrick man. Patrick Mahomes, those throws, the plays he makes—he's on a whole nother level. You know, I never felt like you could ever count Patrick Mahomes out from that game. I mean, you saw him when they were getting ready to get the ball back when that they were down twenty-four to twenty-four zero. He was up yelling in everybody's face. He was like, "Let's go, guys! Let's get this ball and let's score." Hardman took that kick out past the fifty for him. Yep. Next thing you know, Kansas—I mean, the craziest part about it is Kansas City was winning at halftime. Couldn't believe that. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. It was it was two quarters of football of just one sided football apiece. Um, and to me, the, and this is kind of the, the privileged argument that I kind of use all the time, it's um, I don't think Mahomes would be this good if he didn't have that good of team around him and Andy Reid is his head coach. But Russell Wilson, he's like, yeah, Pete Carroll gives him the, the liberty to do this stuff and he gives him the confidence and he, you know, it's kind of his same deal. But Russell Wilson is just the MVP of any team that he plays on because he can make a bad team a really good team and then he can make a good team a great team. Mahomes, we haven't seen it yet. If he can make a bad team a good team, look, Matt Moore went fucking three and one with the I with the Chiefs this year in the two or three or four games that Mahomes was out.
1: No, I mean you're definitely all right about that. Um, I also don't think though you can hold it against Patrick Mahomes that he has so much better options yeah, of than, course, a of than and, and the you than Russell Wilson. Does you know, can't, look, you can't
0: hold it against him, but
1: yeah, but look. I want to make this point, though, about, about the Texans. Bill O'Brien is a horrible head coach. I don't care what anybody says – He's made that mm. pass interference he challenged in the first round. Then this, then that go for it on fourth down when you could have stepped on their throat earlier and gone for it if you wanted to. This team is literally just Deshaun Watson bailing them out. Deshaun Watson runs around the backfield and throws up prayers to D Hop and Will Fuller, and they get answered most of the time because those two guys are two of the best receivers in the league. I, I don't buy it all into Bill O'Brien. I think he's an absolute clown, but this is the way I look at it. Is there's not really any other better option on the mm-hmm. out there right now. Now there's Joe not. Brady, when he becomes a when he gets a little more experience, that might be a little better option there yep. in Houston. But mm-hmm. I think Deshaun Watson deserves better. I thought that I thought Bill O'Brien did an awful job coaching this game, and I mean he did he did, couldn't even rally his team in the second half. I mean that game was over once that he went for that when they went for that fourth down and didn't get it. The game was over. They should have just pack their bags and quit right there.
0: Yeah, it, um, it ended up being a twenty point game there at the end. So. Um, I I covered the spread. We all did, or or, or no? We all got beat. No, no. In the pick'em, we all got beat. I I think we all had Houston in the pick'em. If I had words, no. I had
1: Kansas City. You did? All right,
0: you were the the only one that won because I remember the rest of us had fucking Houston.
1: I had a good week. I went five and one. I had the under in the. I had. I had Tennessee. The, my only loss was the Vikings, but I had Tennessee, and I had the under in that game, which hit, which barely hit. And then I had the over in the Texans game. That was my max bet for the whole weekend, and that hit in the first half. It was a yeah. 51 hit in the first half. And then I had Kansas City and Green Bay. Nice.
0: Um, I'm glad yeah, you said it that.
1: Because... My, it was a lot better than my 2-5 in one week the week before, so it yeah, felt nice. good to turn things around.
0: Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that because the next game we're going to talk about is the um, Vikings failing to show up against um, against the Niners. Niners game played tougher. Um, I, like you, I thought Minnesota would cover. Um, I thought Minnesota had a really good chance to win the game outright. Um, they had looked so good the week before. Um, complete Jekyll and Hyde move right there. They just didn't look good. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get going for nothing. The um, defense didn't play bad, I mean per se, but it's hard to win a game in the playoffs when you allow 27 points in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so Kirk Cousins, when he plays at 1 o'clock, he's 67% against the spread. All other times, he's below 30%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy that he dominates that much. I mean, 1 o'clock, he was right in his wheelhouse against the Saints. This game started, I believe, at 4.05, so this game was not quite in his wheelhouse there, but... Honestly, I just think San Francisco's a juggernaut and they're way better. I mean, those run schemes they use, the way they use those fullbacks and tight ends to create those mismatches. I mean, you don't see any team in the league doing it like that. I mean, it looks like Kyle Shannon back when he's in Atlanta, the way he gets those backs and gets yep. his speed on the edge mm-hmm. creates mismatch. I mean, it's almost like basketball the way he uses yep. his tight ends. You know, it's like, oh, you got your center posting up on the point guard, throw it into him, or you got the center switched on to James Harden, he's about to bust him, you know. That's what he does with George Kittle. He's like, Oh, what who's on George Kittle? Well, this linebacker's too slow. Let's get him out in space. Oh, this safety's too small. Let's throw it to him and let him run him over, you it was know, exposing. like. feels like, yeah, it feels like he uses mismatches like that, but my biggest thing is San Francisco when they had D Ford in there, their their uh defensive line is or when the San Francisco was D Ford in there, they're one of those teams where that they or they're holding teams like their season lows in QBR. When D Ford didn't play, they're giving up over 60 QBR to teams. D Ford was a big difference. And also on top of those two things, with D Ford, Quan Alexander was back as well. Their defense was substantially better when they had Quan Alexander back. This defense is healthy. I mean, I don't know if I want to say San Francisco is going to win it all, even though I did the throw down on him before the season started. So I do have San Francisco and Kansas City futures still alive. So I'm feeling pretty good about the NFL right now. But what's the pad on that? I, the San Francisco I risked ten dollars to win three hundred and eighty. Nice. And then Kansas City is like 25 to win like 110. I don't really right. throw anything crazy yeah. down on futures.
0: No, of course not. No, there's no reason to.
1: Although I did throw 50 to win 200 on Kansas City to win the division, so that was pretty nice. But, yeah. uh, I mean, not in Kansas City, on the on San Fran to win the division. But, dude, I really think San Francisco's minimum boys. And I think, think that – we'll talk about it in the next segment what I think they're about to do this weekend.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Titans upsetting the Ravens. Um, I didn't think – I, it, it's a tough read from this game. I don't know if it was more of the Ravens just didn't show up or if the Titans are just the hottest team in the ever right now. Um, it could be a little bit of both. Um, I think that get, being down early like that after giving up, you know, that that long touchdown drive. I think that Baltimore definitely got out of their elements, but they can score points at will. So why are they worried about, you know, like it's just that dependability on the run game kind of got them shocked. They got, they got punched in the face in the first. So, just kind of got them out of their element and just really, I'm not going to say exposed them because, I mean, it was an obvious flaw with, you know, running the ball that much. But it was just odd to see the Titans dominate by that much.
1: I don't know. I think the Ravens did get exposed a little bit. If you think about it, the only other time all season the Ravens got punched in the face was by the Browns. Browns. And the Browns kind of ran them out of the building. I mean, Kansas (coughs) City did too, honestly. Lamar just got a bunch of garbage time stats, and the final score was 33-28 to when in reality – that game was i believe it was tw- it was a uh, tw- it was 23 to 6 at halftime god you know that game was over at halftime but they pretty they got punched in the mouth and then right and then they just really couldn't rebound i really think that interception thrown on the opening drive was just like it was a downward spiral from yep. there, you know. I feel like after they threw that interception, the Titans were able to punch it in the end zone. Because my thing, I had said all week about Tennessee, I was like, look, I'm taking Tennessee plus ten. I think they're going to get on the board early. And the Ravens, it's good. It's going to be a close game. I said they Tennessee had to get on the board first, and that's what they were able to do. And I mean, Ryan Tannehill too for eighty eight freaking 88 yards. How often do you he, win back to back games?
0: Fourteen passes.
1: Yeah, he how often do you win games like that? Never. Let me ask Almost you. This. Never. Almost Let me ask never. you. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you this about the about this though. Do you think do you think that Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league?
0: Um I think that's a broad brush to paint with. I think that my the answer in my heart would be yes, but the real answer is that there's no such thing as a best back in the league because they're so diverse. Um he's the back that I would want the most in the league.
1: All right, so I think that there's no question about it. He's the best running back in the league. I mean, nobody carries the ball 30 times in a row, three games in a row, and dominates like he does. His splits, first half and second half, he gets stronger as the game goes on. I mean, his quarterback didn't even throw for 200 combined yards between the first and second game of the playoffs. I mean, you go up to the line of scrimmage and you know what the play call is. Derrick Henry just runs people over. And he gets better as the
0: game goes on.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to hit Derrick Henry. I mean, I think if people are trying to tell me McCaffrey is, bro, McCaffrey gets all these garbage yards. Like, his team won five games this year. It's just him when they get down 20 points, just catch a little screen pass and get handoffs. Yeah, cool, it looks good on fantasy, but it doesn't convert to winning games. You know yeah, what I God. mean? Like, the Panthers haven't been in the playoffs since they have McCaffrey. Rather than Derrick Henry. And he's the only reason, reason they out, won those
0: five games. Yeah, if, if yeah. Had Derrick him, Henry. won zero games.
1: Yeah, Derrick Henry. Literally is carrying this whole team on his back. He sat out that game for the Saints, not because he was injured, it's for load management, kind of like these NBA guys do. And look at him since. He's been running. I think there's no doubt about it. Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league. I mean, this is old school football. I mean, it's a passing league. And you're watching a team with a running back that just runs the ball, dominate everybody in the playoffs. So that's, I don't know. That's the way I feel about it.
0: Yeah. And as the game goes on, you know, the time's ticking down. Your DBs and linebackers are beat up. And... Once again, for the thirty-fifth time, this game, Derrick Henry runs right through you, and that plays tricks on your defense there at the end of the game. Like they, simply get out of the way. Like it's it's harder to tackle him as the game goes on because he's still got the gas. He's the one getting the ball. He's the one they're cheering for him. He's got two hundred mm-hmm. yards right now. You know, like he wants the ball again. He wants the ball again. But your DBs, they just they don't want to tackle him again. So, and in, and in, in hindsight, yeah, I can I can see where the formula works, but. I didn't think that devoting to it this hard would work in the, the NFL, the hardest league in the world, to, to win in.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was – I mean, don't get me wrong. I was shocked that the Titans actually won the game. But, I mean, it's crazy, man, this, this run they've been on. on that. We'll talk about it. That's why I don't rule them out, though, this week.
0: Yeah, um, Henry toaded the ball for 30 times, 195 yards, Um, didn't, didn't score a touchdown, which was weird, but God damn. He threw for one though. He threw for one. He was the, he's the, I think the fourth player ever to have 150 rushing yards and a throwing touchdown in a playoff game. Um, I I saw that on TV at the battery. I don't know what, you know, what kind of context it was, but that, I mean, it's just, he's the MVP of the playoffs so far and it's not even close. It's not even particularly close at all.
1: I agree completely.
0: Um, the last game we're going to talk about is uh, Devonte Adams shining in the Packers' win over the Seahawks. Um, the score I, d- I think didn't indicate how kind of the Packers dominated the game and the Seahawks kind of got back late. Um, I th- Russell Wilson is the MVP of the National Football League, and if it was a playoff award too, he would he would definitely win it. Um, he has nobody's plan on his team, man. He has ret- unretired Marshawn, fat boy Lynch on his fucking team. Beast mode. Beast mode, who, who, who scored two times past, last week. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But any team that Russell Wilson goes on, he automatically elevates them. There's no, oh, it's not a good fit. Oh, da, da, da. It's, dude, hand the ball to Russell Wilson and let him do his thing. He's the closest thing, I think, to a best football player we've ever seen happen.
1: Yeah, you know, Russell Wilson is a horrible offensive line. He plays on a team that power runs the ball, and they have no running backs. Yet still finds a way to win games, you know. I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, DK Metcalf, he was second round, blah, blah, blah. Dude, DK Metcalf is a bodybuilder. The one's yeah. a four three, you yeah, know that's literally what he is. Russell Wilson made him into the monster he is. I mean, he didn't do he was horrible at Ole Miss. AJ Brown was way better than him at Ole Miss, and it, honestly, Lodge was better than him when they were at Ole Miss. He was the third best receiver out of all those guys. I mean Russell Wilson. I'm I've been on this since last year. I know you know I have too, Cohen. Yeah, Russell Wilson to me is the mo- he's to me he's the James Harden of the of the NFL. You know James Harden and Russell Wilson they do it by themselves. They don't ask for any help. They just go out there and they do it with what they got. These guys every single year put up numbers. They're in the MVP conversation every single year. They should be the MVP every single year. But you just can't give yeah, them. You, can't you know get them I mean. To but you you. Quarter. You want, yeah. You want to go to the. Everyone wants to go for the breakout guy rather than Bill the guy Belichick, who Greg
0: Popovich, is yada yada yada.
1: Yeah, yeah. They want to give it to the Lamar Jackson to the Patrick Mahomes, the guy who busts onto the scene for the first yeah. time. You know, of they don't want to give it to the guy who's already amazing yet somehow gets better. Like James Harden's gotten better every single year. Russell Wilson's gotten better every single year. I thought then this is one of the best award, jobs Russell Wilson did.
0: Create an award that says the NFL's best season. Create creative awards best player of this year. But the MVP Mm -hmm. means the the player that if they were not on that team, it would be the most drastic come down. And I thought that for a little bit it could have been McCaffrey this year because I I think that definition at its purest, most selfless sense that, yeah, the Panthers would have been a one- or two-win team without McCaffrey. But when it comes to Russell Wilson, you have nothing unless you have him. He is the gears that make everything turn, and there's nothing that he can delegate because he has to do everything himself.
1: I agree completely. I think so. That, so but, in the
0: purest sense of the word, Russell Wilson is your MVP, it should be that way for the past what five, six years.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh no, I think Mahomes probably deserved it over him last year, but I think this Perhaps. year that he, I would have voted if voted, I had a vote, I would have voted voted Wilson over Lamar. But you know, yeah. Lamar did at the same time put up great numbers and run the best offense. So you know, it is tough, but. Russell Wilson's always going to be up there, but you want to get to these games this weekend?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we have the Titans and the Chiefs, and from what I realize, um, I think I, I got these spreads yesterday or the day before. Um, it was it was at seven, uh, Chiefs minus seven, and then Titans plus seven. But it's it's made its way up to seven and a half now. So I kind of want to take Tennessee plus seven and a half if it you know kind of stays right there going to game time um mm-hmm. if, if it goes to seven i'll take chiefs minus seven you know just to have to not do it maybe to get scared and buy it down to six and a half that way i can protect the touchdown but you know i think i'm gonna go titans plus seven and a half
1: yeah you know i am first game look t- kansas city their biggest weakness is the run the titans what are they best at running the ball down your throat with yep. derrick henry um it's it's tough for me at the end of the day on this one. To be honest with you, I'm struggling to find to decide what I want to bet on both these games. So, so, so uh, hey, let me ask you: look,
0: is, is there any value at that plus two fifty Tennessee money line? Is there? Any, yeah, I definitely,
1: I definitely think there's value because the one thing Kansas City's bad at is the one thing Tennessee's good at. Um, I don't know if Christian Jones has been ruled in officially or not but I think he's absolutely huge if he doesn't play I would be very 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 scared here for he Kansas City but but look this is the way I'm gonna play the games let I'm gonna do a two team six point teaser leg one I'm taking Kansas City minus one that'll be the first leg of my teaser um but if I'm straight up supposed to play against the spread and the over under in this game I would I lean with with the Titans plus seven. And I also lean with the over in this game at 53. I think there will be points put up. I think the Titans will be able to have success on the ground with Derrick Henry. And so ultimately, I think I just feel like that Kansas City will get it done. But I think the Titans cover. I don't I don't really see the Titans winning this game outright, but I think they can definitely cover the spread.
0: Yeah, me too. If, if it stays at 7.5, that's what I'm going to end up taking. Um, the only thing is that I disagree with is I think the under is going to hit. I think 53 for any game that the Tennessee Titans play in is a little high I think that even if they you know tote their leg of the bargain I think that even if they you know score 30 points 27 25 more likely I think that it would be more of they would hold the other team down and the defense would clamp and that could be the case so I'm going if I play anything I'm gonna play the under
1: uh, um I, I don't know I just feel like with Kansas City you never want to bet an under.
0: That is true. Anything that Patrick Mahomes guns against, you're going to want to think that he's going to score his 30 points. But it's Tennessee, man. We don't know. It's that defense. That's why it's so confusing. You, mm-hmm. said, you, you said you're having trouble. So am I. Um, the next game, Green Bay is going to San Francisco. That's the night game at 640. Probably going to be closer to seven after everything kind of the fanfare subsides. Um, again, plus seven and a half, minus seven and a half. <clears throat> I, I am strongly, strongly, strongly – Feeling Green Bay plus seven and a half, and even that value at plus 250.
1: Wow. I am completely against you on this one. I wow. think that Green Bay gets absolutely steamrolled. Richard Sherman is going to take Devontae Adams out of this game, and the Packers really have nothing after that. I think that they'll be able to stop the run here. I think that I think San Francisco dominates them. To be honest with you, I like the under. I'm not going to play anything over under in this game, but I really just feel like that this pass rush and having Quan Alexander and D Ford in there. I feel like they're going to be making plays and flying all over the field. I think it could get ugly fast, and I think this is going to remind you a lot of the last time Kyle Shanahan saw Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, and he's going to blow him out of the water. Also, Rodgers' splits home and away are pretty crazy. And, I mean, realistically, besides those scripted drives that the Packers had in the first half, I mean, this that game, I mean, Seattle could have easily won, and I personally think yeah, no, it was not. kind of I tough. Mean, the Packers, too. If you look at how they won, this is basically a nine and seven team that's disguised themselves as a as a twelve and four team. So I think the Packers are a pack of frauds, and they get exposed here.
0: Any game that Aaron Rodgers plays in, I like to take plus seven and a half. If you can keep it within a touchdown, I think he will. Um, he's thrown you know these touchdowns to guys like Jeff Janis and fucking whoever else you know like. Made Randall Cobb the man he is today, pretty much. I mean, I knew Randall Cobb was awesome at, Tennessee, at Kentucky.
1: Lazard.
0: Yeah, Andy Lazard or whatever. You know, like, come on. So, I like I like them yeah. to keep it within a touchdown. Um, any game that he plays in, kind of like Russell Wilson, same deal. I like, I like him to keep his team within a touchdown any game he's in. Just like you said with James Harden, it's like, yeah, even if your defense kind of sucks, like even if you have to play up, even the game against the Wizards this year. You allowed 170, but sorry that you scored 172. You know, like he'll keep you in any game, no matter what. Um, I am strongly feeling Green Bay plus 7.5. I think that's a immortal lock. If I was in your leg of the business in handicapping, that would be my P-O-T-Y money bag emoji, money bag emoji, money bag emoji. I am, I am taking 5, 10, 12, 15 units, green check marks all around lock me in for Green Bay Packers plus
1: seven and a half. Interesting. See, I personally won't be betting the spread on either one of these games. I'm just going to do a two team teaser between San Francisco and between, between San Francisco and Kansas city. I think that's the safest way to play it. I think both these teams win here, take us to the super bowl. And also if you've been following my bets all year long, I gave y'all futures on, on San Francisco and Kansas city to win the super bowl. So, I mean, we got great odds on both of those. So, I mean, I think that those are the two best teams. And I think both those teams win here, t- take care of business here pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I can see it happening. Like you said, the teaser is the safest option. Um, looking, looking forward to a very, very, very coveted last few weekends of football. Um, it's going to be tough. You know I love baseball. I know you love baseball, but it's just not the same. I know mm-hmm. we love basketball. It's just not the same without football, you know. Yeah. Um, Oh,
1: I, I love basketball, so yeah, me I'm not that hurt, not the but same. once basketball, it's, it's yeah, same. I don't know, I've, I'm i a pretty big, once college basketball ends and there's no more college basketball Saturdays, that's when I started to get real sad, because I love waking up and there being games on right at 12 o'clock, you know, because when the NBA, like, the, you're waiting, you sit around and you, you wait all day, wait you know, and,
0: Sunday.
1: yeah, you have to wait all day, so that's that's the part that really is going to suck to me, but honestly, I've, I'm, I'm going to say this, if it, I had to pick one of the two teams to get upset this weekend, I would pick Kansas City to get upset, but I think both the favorites roll in this situation, I really do, so do do what y'all want with these games, but I think the teaser is the safest way to play this weekend.
0: Well, there you go, you have our picks, me and Pinland did a good job of keeping it short this week, we're at 50 minutes, that means it's our ushering time to go, ladies and gentlemen, I will let Thomas Pinland plug himself before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at tp Three Wins. Um, follow me on uh, Instagram at TV Three Bets. I actually just put up my uh, NBA bets. I almost forgot, so just put all that stuff out there for y'all. Um, let's get let's get after it, and I'm excited for one of our last two weekends with meaningful football on.
0: Ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Paying homage to the great Stu Finer. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this podcast is located at TDD Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. It's just the Daily Degenerate Podcast. I am on Facebook at Cohen Hughes. You can find me on Instagram at Cohen underscore Hughes. I don't do Twitter. I'll get in trouble again. Um, hanging in there, relishing all the football we have. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 123, 123. Uh, we will catch you earlier next week, maybe Monday, Tuesday type beat. So um, keep in contact with us. Let us know how you like it. Let us know how everything's going. Um, we love we love you if you listen. Like, subscribe, rate, whatever, everything. Um, thanks for listening. We're getting out of here. See ya.